Chiefs Kingdom History. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Car out of the shotgun. Looks left. Throws a lob for Michael Crabtree. Caught it. He caught it. He caught it. The Raiders have the lead. 35-34. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. The doctor is now in. Glad to have you with us. It is a football Friday here. The T.C. Martin Show, hour number two. We talked a little Breeders' Cup, a little Pac-12 football in the first hour. Now we focus in on the NFL and your marquee college football games. No better place to be, though, as you know, on the Las Vegas Strip than the cosmopolitan Las Vegas. Whether it's uh, dining, gaming, or, of course, the wonderful luxurious sports book here at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. Come on by and join us. We're here each and every Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. right here at the T.C. Martin Show. Of course, streaming live at tcmartinshow.com. All right, in the house with this ballpark, Frank, wearing his Bears shirt, Brian Benowitz wearing his Raiders gear. You got to love that. And uh, our good friend Mike Pritchard has joined us. He is in the house. And, of course, Pritch, the former NFL wide receiver, uh, had himself a great NFL career, college career as well at the University of Colorado. Uh, go Ralphie, by the way. Always got to throw that in there. And a Las Vegas native himself. And, of course, you can hear him on Raider Nation Radio uh, as well as uh, VEASAN as well. Pritch, good to see you, my man. Good to see you guys. What's man, happening? Man, this table good. is uh, huge. It's like a buffet table. This is what we do. Yeah. Uh, sorry the food's not here. Ah, uh, no, right? I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> <laughs> we got lots of options here. Okay, we got yes lots of options. Yes, that, you do. Yeah, as we know, that. no doubt about it. All right, so let's uh, let's get into it. You've been uh, covering the Broncos. You were, you were back in Denver there for a while. Mm-hmm. Now you're covering the silver and black here. That's kind of strange. Well, your peeps in Denver, got, they, was, <laughs> they have probably disowned you, you right? Know, well, no, no, because it, they understand that I grow, growing up here, yeah. Never through thought that there would be an NFL it's team, true. right? Right? Uh, right. Yeah. But I will put this out there, though. I'm an original Raider because growing up here, my youth football team, we were the Raiders. So I'm OG. Silver and black, too, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was so, your number back then? Um, oh, 39. 39? I know. What are you, Dave Parker? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I wanted to rock a number that nobody had because I wanted to make the number famous. Yeah. So, so you were yeah. a Las Vegas Raider long before there were the Las right. Vegas Raiders. I'm an original Las Vegas Raider. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. See, how about that? So these are the new Las Vegas Raiders. But you were a Ram, too. You're a Rancho Ram. Yes, I've been a Rancho Ram. I've been a, a Bear. I was a Bear once, too. And, you know, youth football, you, you cover all the teams. That's true. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, no, it's, it was an opportunity to come back home and, yeah. and cover the, the home team now. So yeah. I, I jumped at it and doing some decent work, too, and that's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, well great, uh, great to have you with us, uh, as always. Again, we've been uh, been doing shows together uh, for a long time. We're going back five years, man. <laughs> yeah. So this is, it, it's great to, to have you come on by and join us. All right, so when we look at the Raiders, and we'll talk about this week's game uh, against the Chargers. i got the uh, the battle of the two stadiums here, but, but both empty. You know, Allegiant Stadium and then, of course, the you know, SoFi, where the Raiders will be playing the Chargers this week. A, a little bit uh, crazy when you look at the, the Chargers. And I still want to call them the San Diego Chargers. It's hard to call them the Los Angeles Chargers, so just stay focused on Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've blown 
three games where they've led by 17 points this year. Sure. Have not won any one of those games. You look at Justin Herbert, you know, the rookie out of Oregon, and, you know, he was basically given the, the keys to the car by default from, you know, Tyrod Taylor, you know, had that, that injury, that unfortunate, you know, uh, accident that he had prior to uh, the opener. And uh, Herbert now has is, is got this, uh, this team rolling, but they can't hold any leads. When you look at the Chargers, what do you see? Well, I see more than just not holding on to leads. I mean, defensively, they're breaking down, certainly. But what about offensively, though? Yeah. Some of those losses, they had zero points in the fourth quarter. Right. Tampa, New Orleans, uh, Jacksonville, I think they had a field goal. So it's also offense. I mean, I think it's a combination of Justin Herbert being a rookie uh, and then certainly their offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, being a rookie kind of offensive coordinator situation. So what happens is, is teams, they adjust to what you're doing. Like when you see offenses go up and down the field, all that's scripted. All that is based on what we worked on in our game plans, right? And then once the game plan unfolds, now you've got to make those adjustments on the sideline. And what I'm seeing from the Chargers is that they're still playing catch-up there. Justin Herbert, if he doesn't make a mistake, teams catch up to him during a game, and then he can't adjust again because he just doesn't have that experience level yet. So uh, I, I think it's a combination of relinquishing leads like that defensively, but then on top of it not being able to answer offensively. What does Anthony, Anthony Lynn got to do here? Because he's, he's going crazy when he looks at this team. Because when you match up this team, I mean, they've got talent on both sides of the ball. They I always mean, have talent they, in they the do. Chargers. Uh, they, yeah. they, they do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people thought, okay, they may be better off without Phillip Rivers, mm. you know, this year. And, uh, you know, again, the Chargers kind of under the radar a little bit. But when you look at this team, it's like they're talented. But, I mean, they should be a lot better than what they are. Well, I, you gotta you got to be careful, though, if you're the Raiders because the Chargers, man, they, they're up against it. Their backs are against the ball. Right. You know, you're talking about coaches being under, under fire and, uh, you know, what is this team going to look like? Some of these contract situations with some of the older vets, too, that's well paid. Uh, they are up in the air. Now, if they have a chance to right the ship or, or – or certainly get back in the win column, this is the week that I think they believe they can do that. And then go on a roll, because after this game, I think they got Miami and then the Jets and people like that. So I I think the Chargers are trying to get right. So this is going to be a very, very interesting game. I think that's why it's a pick them. You got it. All right. When you mention the fact of the adjustments in a game, so when you're talking about that, and it's obvious to point at the defense like you mentioned, but, yeah, the offense has to control the ball. That's when you want to run and attack, burn clock, do other things like that. Is it on the players on the field, or is it maybe the coaching staff a little bit? If the other teams are making adjustments and figuring out what to do, then shouldn't the Chargers be able to make the adjustments to once again control the game, or do they maybe not have the personnel to hold on to a lead? No, they should, um, and they have the personnel. It's just they don't have the experience. You know, Shane Steichen as a as a really a first year head uh, offensive coordinator last year in the middle of the year. You know, you think about Anthony and making the change. But this is the first year where he's had the keys. And now you have that combination along with a rookie quarterback. And so they don't know how to break tendencies. They don't know how to uh, be different than they were in the first half or make those other adjustments that you're going to have to make during the game. So, uh, you know, the league has caught up. And when you have good defensive coordinators and they understand that, they make it really difficult for the Chargers. Blowing, blowing that many big leads, does mm-hmm. it start getting in your head? Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, you're worried, like, oh, boy, here they come again? Yeah, you start looking at the scoreboard. You start looking at the clock and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean. Tick, tick, tick. Sure. You're constantly reminded of that. The media is going to ask you about it, too. So the mindset that you should have if you are a good team offensively is, one, they can't stop us. And then, two, 
how many points do we have to score tonight or today? Like, do we have to score 30? Okay. Do we have to score 40? Okay. Do we have to score 50? Okay. But when you settle and then you settle down and then you can no longer make adjustments, now you're in trouble because that other team starts to get rolling and then what? You can't just crank it back up. So it happened to the Chargers in the Bronco game. I mean, Locke wasn't playing well at all. They weren't running the ball at all. And then all of a sudden, Lindsey gets in there, gets a touchdown, and then Locke gets rolling. But then as, as, if you're the Chargers, you're on the sideline like, okay, we got to crank it back up again, but you can't do that, especially in the National Football League. All right. When you look at the Raiders, a uh, big swing game for them this week. Yeah. They're 4-3 and three right now. They want to get to 5-3. and three. Right. They don't want to be 4-4. Four and four. <laughs> And uh, this is a great opportunity for them. So in the first seven games, what have you noticed with the Raiders? Inconsistency. Yeah. Um, I've noticed some well-paid guys not playing well. Um, Malik Collins, uh, Corey Littleton. It's one thing if you're Corey Littleton and you have Brockers and Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald in front of you, you're all pro, right? You're a pro bowler. You get paid by another team like the Raiders. But now with your defensive line not even close to that, what kind of player are you? And he hasn't showed up the way that he needs to show up. I think Kukowski's playing better. Sorry, sorry there, uh, Frank. But he's playing better. Uh, for the Chicago Bear that came over for the Raiders. And then the back end, they've missed Abram at times, and they've missed Damon Arnett too. So uh, I hear that Damon Arnett might play, which will be very, very helpful for the speed and the athleticism on the back end. All right. When you look at uh, Derek Carr, okay, what are your thoughts? Well, I think he's elevated his game. Stat-wise, he's looking pretty good. He's looking 14 really touchdowns, good. only two interceptions. Sure. But there's still the butt with him. There's, yeah, there, there's a... There's a Kardashian butt with him because <laughs> he's, uh, he's um, he, you know, at times it's beautiful to watch him play because he manipulates the defense. Like the Kansas City game. For them to score 40, man, he was moving safeties. He was moving linebackers. He was dictating coverage. And he was dealing. Like, it's, it's been a while since, because I played with three Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It's right. been a while since I've seen a quarterback climb in a pocket, shuffle, drive on a play, and then reset to throw a bomb for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Been a long time since I've seen something like that, and D. Carr did that against Kansas City. Now, has he been consistent with it? No. Mm-hmm. And that's where the up-and-down nature of the season ha- has been. But if he can find a way to stay on this level that he broke, he broke through, the ceiling that he broke through to this new level. If he can find a way to keep climbing, I think the Raiders go deep this year. Yeah. You know, the Raiders have had some off-field issues, as we know, too, mm-hmm. with, with, with Trent Brown. Now we hear that he's, he's back on the COVID list again. The Raiders had to pay some substantial fines and actually lost a, a draft pick. Uh, because six-rounder, yeah. six-rounder because, because of all this. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about that. It seems like there's always been this, you know, these type of situations with certain NFL teams. And the Raiders have, you know, kind of had a, a stigma about themselves. <laughs> you know, let's, let's be honest here. But uh, to speak a little bit to, to that in this, for this to go down at this point of the season where you're losing a draft pick and, and being reprimanded the way they were being reprimanded. Well, the draft pick, they can get back. That's yeah. a six-rounder, right? And you can make a trade exactly. and get that yeah. back. Uh, so I'm not worried about the draft Just pick. It's not a good look, though, right? Well, right. From, it's, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's, um, you got called out by the league, basically, and everybody's talking about you in this way. So it's mostly embarrassing more than impactful uh, towards the organization. I think the fine... Uh, look, the fines are the fines. Everybody's getting fined uh, from COVID. Uh, when you think about what's happening, people breaking c- protocols, and you look at the Titans, they had $350,000 fine and stuff like that. So 
it's more of the embarrassment of being called a repeat offender. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, an offender, and yeah. then a repeat offender. That That's embarrassing. So uh, I, I think they should be okay, though. I, you know, what, I, not ego bruise or anything like that, but certainly you have to follow protocol. Right. This is uh, uh, uncharted territory. Really, you're dealing with a pandemic, and the league is going to come down on you harshly if you break protocols. All right. Let's uh, keep it here in Las Vegas real quick and flip it. used to uh, do a lot of the color commentary for the UNLV football <laughs> broadcast. And uh, it was great seeing you at, uh, at the game last week. And here we go. UNLV is back at home mm-hmm. uh, against Fresno State. Uh, give us your take of what you saw with the Rebels last week. Actually, the first two weeks. We saw them last week against Reno, uh, where Reno just looked like to be the, the, the better team. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts early it, on. You know, isn't it funny, fellas, that everybody thinks scheme – makes the difference. <laughs> like what I saw, I was like, oh, they're running the same offense that Coach Sanchez ran, right? right? I mean, they just have a different coaching staff now. They're running the same defense that Coach Sanchez and his staff ran. They just have different coaches now. I'm like, okay, so why did you make the change? <laughs> well, I get it. Mark, Marcus Arroyo, he's a hell of a coach, and he's been a hell of a recruiter. Now, it's going to take him some years, just like any other new coach, to come in and change the culture and and get players to play the way that he wants them to play. So I I think UNLV has been in that revolving door situation of wanting change, but yet they make change before change happens. And and they're still stuck in that revolving door. So I don't know when they're going to get better, to be honest with you. They're not good now. Hmm. They're not even close to being good. I, I hope they're more competitive, to be honest with you. But... This coaching staff has a lot of work to do to uh, get these players to play better. Well, and you mentioned that, too. You mentioned the revolving door. And we have seen different coaches there. ADs, how, everything. How, yeah. how long do they give a Royal before he has to turn it around? Are they going to give him the time to do what you said he wants to do? I've heard some people say that, well, maybe this year's kind of a throwaway season. He didn't get the, the great start that he wanted. And maybe the players that he wants to play the way he wants to in that. But we also know that... Turnover is a big thing in college sports all across the board, certainly at UCLA. I mean, at UNLV, we've seen it as well. So how long does he get? Does he have the time to put things in place? And how long is that time going to take? Well, um, I mean, when you're this bad, I mean, if if you get there in three years, it's an amazing job, to be honest with you. Uh, They don't have a quarterback, um, not to, to the level that they want. So how long is it going to take to get a quarterback, and then how long is that quarterback going to, in, until he's ready to play at a high level, right? Um, no, it's a, it's, it's a lot of work. This is a tough job. And then defensively, whew, they got a big, oh, yeah. they got a big uh, endeavor right there too. So I, I, I don't know, Frank. It, hopefully three years, hopefully. That, I mean, that's being optimistic right there to say that in three years they're going to be eligible for a bowl game. And, and there's really no reason with the facilities they have now in the new stadium that they can't recruit and, and be in the top level of the Mountain West. I mean, it's 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 not the Pac-12. It's not the Big 12. Uh, it, it's a it's a league that they should be competitive in every year. And so that's where the uh, the, the local fan base just gets, uh, you know, disheartened. Well, yeah. But, you know, one of the things uh, that UNLV has not done, and I've been a part of this growing up here in uh, when I committed to the University of Colorado, I actually almost changed my commitment to go to UNLV because I sat in front of Wayne Nunley, who was the head coach at the time, and I was convinced that, you know what, I should stay home and play for my school, my hometown, right? And, and then I asked a question, the question that kind of changed my life. And 
I asked him, I was like, if you go undefeated and back then the, the PCAA, right. yeah. um, what do you guys, what, do you, what happens? What do you, well, we go to the California Raisin Bowl. And yeah, right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Well, you know what? If I go to University, University of Colorado and we go undefeated, we go to the Orange Bowl and play for the national championship. And he was like, you better go to University of Colorado, right? Yeah. So that's what kept me from changing my commitment. Yeah. But I think Marcus Arroyo, as he recruits and he does a great job, and he has, he's got to get these athletes uh, in town to stay here. Remember, oranges always trump raisins. Ah, right? Yes, that's, yes. That's, okay. Very profound. <laughs> sure, that was. That's why you hear that laugh I gave. I was yeah. like, ah. <laughs> right, right. You going to put that on a T-shirt or something? Or? I don't know. I just came up with Maybe it. Maybe a like coffee that. mug. Or... There you go. Well, I, I like, he slid Trump into the conversation, oh, too, he? which is unbelievable. Uh-oh. Uh, that was not by design, no. I can tell you that. So, I don't know. You know. Hey, real quick, one more thing on yeah. the UNLV front. Um, the new stadium, the mm -hmm. facilities that you mentioned, how much does that impress a kid, and will that help in recruiting? Okay, so how impressed were those kids as they were getting their butts whipped against right. UNR? <laughs> Did you think they thought about the stadium and, hey, you know what, hey, we got great facilities, huh, well, as we're and, losing and the trophy? I'm you because you yeah. went through the recruitment, no, that, and we hear that all the time from people in the media and different Well, the new stadium's going to make every – you can have the, the brightest, shiniest new toy yeah. in the world. But if your program's no good, like you say, you're still going to want to go and play for a potential championship right. rather than the, the tidy bowl. Because you know what? Those other programs have great facilities, too, and, and they're winning. So to me, I mean, I, I think the facility, it, it's necessary. Like, you need the, fr the Fertitta Center. I mean, you need that. Yeah. You absolutely need that. So, so if you want better players or if you want to develop players in a better way, then that's what you need to do. And then playing at Allegiant, I mean, I think every kid would enjoy that, but you want to enjoy it with a win, not a loss. There you go. All right, UNLV tomorrow, 1230 at Allegiant Stadium. Again, up to 2,000 fans will be allowed in. 11.5-point uh, underdog to Fresno State uh, tomorrow. All right. Pritch, you're going to participate with our best bets, aren't you? I'm going to participate for sure. All right, well, let's do get it. out some winners. Let's do it. All right, best bets right now. It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. Three best college plays, three best pro. Ballpark Frank, Brian Benowitz, and our special guest Mike Pritchard all going to give their best bets. Brian Benowitz, let's start with you. You were 3-0 last week, I believe, on the college side, right? No, I went 1-2 in the college. The pro I, side. I, I actually picked three winners, though, but it ended up 1-2. There you go. That's the how pro, it goes. The pro side, I did pretty well. All right. Uh, I'm going to start off with a game that I really am surprised I picked. I, I like Iowa State laying 14 at home against Baylor. Baylor's fallen behind the last two weeks uh, in the third quarter, down 20 to nothing, or 30 to nothing, and 27 to three. They have not been competitive. Their offense—they've only rallied up for 256, 316, and 278 against these last three games. And those aren't great defenses when you're playing against West Virginia, Texas, and TCU. Iowa State has run the ball uh, at will on teams, uh, over 200 yards and four out of their five games. And uh, Baylor just gave up 247 to TCU. I'll lay the 14 with Iowa State. There it is. Okay. I'm going to stick into the uh, uh, pack. I'm sorry, the Big 12. And I'm going to take. I'm also going to lay 12 points with Oklahoma State. This has got to be an angry ball club. 
Oklahoma State lost in overtime. They had that game wrapped up against Texas, and they they they, they lost a, a shocker. They outgained Texas 530 yards to 287. What's the difference? Turnovers, four turnovers to zero. Uh, they look like an unhappy team. Uh, they can run the ball. They ran the ball for over 200 yards in three of their four games. K-State cannot stop anybody when it comes to that. I'm going to lay the 12 points with Cowboys. Huh? The Cowboys okay. last year was a mismatch. They outgained them 528 to 244. No reason why you're going to see anything different here. All right. Lastly, uh, I, I, I'm going to go with the Gators. I'm going to take the three points. Uh, I watched that Florida team. Their offense is inept. They cannot move the ball. The quarterback did not look good at all. Uh, they played one decent offensive team this year, Alabama. What they do? They got they just got run in the second half and gave up 564 yards. Uh, kicker to this whole thing, TC, triple revenge. Triple revenge. And we I, love that, don't and we? And I love triple revenge because if you were a freshman and you've lost that team three times in a row, you want to go out a winner. You don't want to lose your whole career to them. All right, taking the Florida Gators. That's what you're saying. Yep. Okay, there he is. All right, ballpark. What do you got? All right, um, I'm going to take uh, my first pick. I'm going to take a couple games from the Big Ten. I've watched that my whole life. I feel like I have a little bit better feel on that. We'll see if I'm right or not. But Michigan State looked so good last week. I know they could have a drop after the big win over Michigan, but them getting six and a half points at Iowa, I, I, I like the thought of Michigan State winning this game. And when you're only playing like a seven or eight game season, you shouldn't have a drop off any week because you really can't afford to. I'm going to stay in the Big Ten. Penn State last week lost. But 27 and, or 24 and a half points, I thought Tua's little brother looked pretty good for Maryland last week. I thought they showed a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of fight in there. I'm not convinced that Penn State's going to cover that number, so I'm going to take Maryland. I'm going to take the Terrapins over them, and then I'm going to take uh, Florida State minus two against Pitt. Florida State's been kind of up and down a little bit. I've been against them a couple weeks, but I think they're playing a little bit better right now, so I will take the Seminoles minus the two. All right. I will uh, kick it off uh, starting in the Big Ten. going to take uh, the Minnesota uh, uh, the Illini game. I'm going to take the Gophers in this one, lay in seven. Minnesota is probably the best 0-2 team in the country, okay? But uh, plenty of offense, as we know, with Tanner Morgan, great wide receiver there as well, too. But Illinois is more of a play against Illinois as well, too. Decimated by COVID. They're down to their fourth string quarterback starting this week. Their starter was out with COVID. Uh, we, we, we saw him against the, uh, against the Badgers a few weeks ago. Uh, their second string guy, he's out with COVID. Their third string guy is out with an ankle injury. Enter the fourth string quarterback, and I think Minnesota is going to take it out on the Illini. The Illini have 12 players out in all. Minnesota gets it right here, and remember last year, Minnesota hammered the Illini 40-17, to so laying a touchdown on the road, really with no fans. I'm going to go with the Golden Gophers in that one. Probably the biggest game of the day, Clemson and Notre Dame. I want to get involved in this. To me, there's some great value here. When can you ever get the Clemson Tigers lane less than a touchdown? The number is five and a half right now, and Clemson looked really bad for a half last week against Boston College where they trailed 28 to 10. But then in the second half, what happened? They outscored them 24 nothing. I think there's a great spot for Clemson as a small favorite. Never will you see this kind of value with Clemson again. Notre Dame, they can't beat a top 10 team. The number that I'm going to give you right now is ridiculous. And Scott Spritzer and Brad Powers talked about this. Notre Dame is 4-40 against top 10 teams since 1994. The Irish just fail miserably every time they, they face a, a top five team. Well, they're facing the number one team in the country that hasn't lost in more than two years. So 
I'm going to go Clemson in this game. And then I'm reluctant to, to go with the Pac-12, Brian, but I'm going to do it here. I'm going to take Oregon State against Wazoo. New coach, new system, new quarterback for Washington State. OSU returns a lot of starters, much more stable team, and your thing, Brian, revenge game. For Oregon State last year, they lost this game 54-53. to I remember watching this, and they scored 29 fourth-quarter points to almost pull it out. They had 601 total yards against Wazoo last year. I think Oregon State is actually a little bit of a dark horse, so I will take the Beavers there. There you go. All right, Pritch, what do you got? Well, you know, even though I'm a buff, I am a dog uh, when it comes to betting. Uh, Georgia Bulldogs, we had uh, Bill Goldberg on Beeson, right? Yeah. And uh, he's a Georgia Bulldog, and, and he gave us some good insight on this matchup and what it's like to play in this game. Uh, he does not trust Stetson Bennett, neither yep. do I. Uh, they had a lead against Alabama at halftime, and even with that defense, couldn't hold on to it. I think Florida's got a better offense, so I like I like the Gators. Okay. Um, and then Arizona State, Herm Edwards, year three. I'm not going to be scared of that start time. Right. I mean, I think <laughs> when you're on the road, you're more focused. Like, I like you'll, you'll get yeah. up uh, in the hotel, whereas SC, I mean, they're not going anywhere. They're not right. traveling. So I like the catching uh, the points there for Arizona State. And then, of course, I'm going in the over of the BYU-Boise State game. It, I, is, is it 62 or did it get up to 63? Uh, we'll give you 62. Okay, yeah. give, me, <laughs> give me 62. I liked it better earlier this week at 60. Over. Actually, yeah. Listen, Chris so, calling the over. Yeah. I well, love it. look, if you're a quarterback um, like Zach and if you're a quarterback yeah. like they had yeah. at, at Boise, yeah. I mean, that's where you go for. And that's where you go to play quarterback. And so I think uh, both teams will be able to score. The wide receiver, the, yeah. de- the diva <laughs> position. He wants the over. There yes. you go. Yes. BYU's looked amazing this year. Yeah. They've really played some good. They, they've had their first cover. They didn't cover last week yeah. because they gave up. The, the, yeah. you know, the, the I'm looking score. forward to that game tonight, BYU and uh, Boise State. All right, Brian Benowitz, give us your three best NFL plays. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with the Tennessee Titans laying what I think is a short number at five and a half. I think the Bears are done. I, I, I don't really like any part of their team right now. They kind of hung with the, the Saints, got into overtime, lost that game. I just think they peaked earlier in the year and kind of won flukishly. So, Sorry, Frank, but I'm going to go against the Bears. Uh, I'm going with the Raiders. The Raiders are playing in San, uh, San Diego. In, uh, they almost said it. See? They're playing uh, in, in the so Chargers. So far, you were close. Yeah, Inglewood. Inglewood. Ingl- yeah, they're playing somewhere in California. Yeah. Hollywood and, Park. And, and the Chargers, really, they just they just seem to be missing something. And they've been missing something for a decade. They've always had this talent, and they just never quite get there. They've been trying. They thought this was going to be the year because they could establish a fan base after getting out of that soccer stadium. Maybe it's better because they don't have all those opposing fans yelling against them like they did last year. But I think the Raiders uh, did something real neat last week, going into a tough environment, uh, cold, uh, windy, difficult, and they gutted out a win, and they their defense showed up. And I, I think getting some players back, they're going to be ready to go. So I'm on the Las Vegas Raiders this week. There you week. go. Uh, lastly, I'm not getting off of these Miami Dolphins. I'm not getting off there. You know why? I'm not getting off them because they're defense. Their defense is playing just inspired football. I think they scored at least one touchdown last week to give Tua a little headway. He didn't do much, and he didn't have to. But I'm going to stick with the Dolphins. I'm going to get four and a half points against an Arizona team that's up and down. Hey, like me, anyone who had the Rams last week, we got golfed. We yeah. got golfed last week. It's horrible. But this defense is playing some great ball for Miami. All right, ballpark. All right, uh, when it comes to the NFL games, uh, I'm, I'm going to take Seattle minus two and a half at Buffalo. I think they've figured out Buffalo's offense a little bit. They need to make some adjustments. Seattle's playing well, and I don't think anybody throws the deep ball better than Russell Wilson in the NFL. So 
I'm going to go with uh, Seattle. Uh, Baltimore minus two at Indy. Uh, I, I, I like the Ravens to come back in this game and, uh, you know, get back into playing like they're capable of, start winning football games again and beat the Colts. I don't think the Colts are that good of a team. And as much as I hate to do it, obviously I can't pick the Packers this week, although that would have been an easy pick on Thursday night. I tried to tell you. Well, yeah, but we couldn't put it in our best bets. It was well, Thursday I know night. that. Yeah. Could have went to the window, though. I'm going to have to agree with Brian. I, I think the Bears are – I don't think they're that good. I'm going to yeah. take Tennessee minus wow. the six. Good. Okay. Which, by the way, I will definitely not put my actual money on because I'm going to have to against my team. But to try to get people winners, I think Tennessee's a better side. All right. Pritch. All right. Let's start with um, the Texans. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant about the minus seven there, but it's the Jaguars. So I, I start to feel a little bit more comfortable about that. But that's a, that's a tough number uh, to deal with it. But I think the Texans can do it. Uh, and then everybody's on these Bears uh, – uh, in terms of against betting against them uh, this week, uh, which is interesting to me. I mean, publicly, I think everybody's going to be on the Seattle Seahawks too, right? Uh, whereas I was a college dog, here I am looking at favorites in the National Football League, which is funny <laughs> to me. Um, but, no, I, I like the Seahawks. I think Jamal Adams coming back and right. uh, Dunlap, that's going to help that defense. And then Russell Wilson, and he is the MVP, in my opinion, so far. Uh, and then DK Metcalf is coming out of nowhere to light up the, the league. Uh, that guy is a specimen, but also playing very, very well. And I think Buffalo's defense not playing as well as people thought uh, originally it was going to happen this year. And then Ingram is hurt. T.Y. Hilton is yeah. hurt. Ravens are up against it. How about this? I want to be a dog, but I don't like that number. I think Ravens cover, though. Uh, only minus one and a half here on the card, so right. uh, I like the Ravens. I'm with you on that. Uh, I like the Ravens my, myself. I think it's a great bounce-back game for them. That was a tough loss last week against Pittsburgh, and after a tough loss earlier they had this year against Kansas City, they came back and they, they blasted Washington. I understand it was Washington, but still, I'm not a big fan with, with Indianapolis, and going back to what I said about Phillip Rivers, uh, I think he's a mistake waiting to happen. He's got 10 touchdown passes, but he also has six interceptions this year. The running game, I think, is going to uh, struggle against uh, uh, the Ravens D, you know, Indy is ranked 25th with a running game. Uh, Indy has faced the weakest schedule in the league. Okay, here, here's who, here's who they beat: Jacksonville, Minnesota. Uh, they played the uh, the Jets, Bears, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and the Lions last week. It doesn't get any weaker than this. So they need to show me against a, a Baltimore team that is going to be hungry. I think myself, this is the best bet on the board. I love the Ravens in this game. And, yes, I'm going to sweep the board here and go with you guys with Tennessee against the Bears. <laughs> I think, yeah, Tennessee, they've lost two in a row. It's not going to be three against this Bears team that's really void of scoring. So I'm going to lay it. I think it's a good spot for, for the Titans. And, finally, I'm going to go with the uh, – um, Kyler Murray in Arizona. I like the Cardinals in this game, laying four and a half against Miami. I know Brian Miami got the win last week, but it wasn't because of Tua. Tua was 12 for 22, only 92 yards. But here's the big key why I'm going to go against Miami too. Miles Gaston is, Gaskin is out of this mm. game. Uh, and I think Miami's going to have problems uh, running the ball. And a little revenge with uh, Kenyon Drake. All right, the former Miami Dolphin, he is now the leading ball carrier for the Arizona Cardinals. I think he's going to want to have something to say about this, and Kyler Murray's been pretty pretty solid as well. When you look at the Arizona offense, third best in the National Football League. So Arizona's at home, lane four and a half, and I think you know Miami was great when they came out to the West Coast last time against San Francisco. They beat them down with 43-16. to 16. Not so lucky this time, so I'm going to take a shot with the Cardinals. So there you go. All right, all of our best bets, they're up on the website. You can uh, check out all of ours. 
along with uh, Scott Spreitzer, Matthew Holt, and uh, Adam Joseph with, uh, with Opportunity Village at tcmartinshow.com. Pritch, we appreciate you hanging out today, man. Oh, this is great, man. Anytime I get to Cosmo, I love it. Anytime. So, yeah. And next next time you come, we're going to go have some food at Block 16. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, you name it. I'm yeah. down. Yeah. If, he, if he didn't have to run now, we'd go We'd go right after the show. I know. There you go. Yeah. See? Okay. I'm, I'm here next time. <laughs> we, we talk, we've talked about that. Yeah. Yes. Pritch and I, see, we like our food. All of us at this table, we like our food. <laughs> Plain and simple. All right. All right, my man. I appreciate you. Thank Again, you. you can listen to him. Raider Nation Radio at 7 to 10. 7 to 10 a.m. Uh, 920. There you go. Uh, you can stream it to Raiders.com. Uh, there you, you go. Yeah, absolutely. Always talking Raiders. And then over at VEASAN as well. Yeah. Uh, 12 to 2, right? 12 to 2. See? Yep. I got it, man. Betting across America. There, there, <laughs> there he is. All right. And then, of course, with us occasionally as yes. well, too. So appreciate you, brother, as always. All right. When we come back, we'll start diving into the NFL and looking at some more college uh, games as well, too. We are live on a football Friday. It's the T.C. Martin Show from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a half time. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes, in the face! The doctor is now in. in, in. Glad to have you with us on a Football Friday, live from the sports book here, powered by William Hill. A beautiful sports book, of course, here at the Cosmopolitan. Uh, Brian Benowitz in the house. Ballpark Frank. I want to thank Mike Pritchard, Marco D'Angelo for joining us uh, earlier on in the show. Our best bets are up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. All right. Double B. Getting hungry here, man. We got all this talk about food and everything. And, of course, we got Block 16 up here on the second floor, the great restaurants here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. And uh, as we know that... uh, the restaurants are they're open, uh, business is booming, and a great place to be. It's a great spot to be. Uh, this is a fantastic weekend to be here in Las Vegas. Uh, we had a, we coming off of a really exciting uh, Halloween weekend, uh, and then uh, all the various sports. And now you got Breeders' Cup weekend. You got a full slate of really nice college games and some nice pro games on Sunday. So, uh, and all the greatest seats you can possibly have here uh, at the Cosmopolitan. There you go. And, you know, another nice thing, too, I know that in a lot of the venues and that shows are starting to open up again, too. So hopefully soon, maybe get some uh, live entertainment here at the Cosmo up with some concerts and stuff like that. Fingers crossed that things keep going in the right direction. Yeah, we sure hope so. Uh, The Chelsea's a a hidden gem here Mm -hmm. as far as the venue. We're also looking at maybe doing some more uh, concerts potentially. Uh, at the pool and using the balconies that are that are there for for, for some of our guests. Right. So, you know, there's just there's a lot to do here. We do have live entertainment uh, every weekend, Thursday through Sunday, at the barber shop starting at, uh, at 10 o'clock, and uh, a great band in there usually. And uh, you know, it's just we want to make sure that people have a great time when they're in Las Vegas, but we want to make sure that they uh, have a safe time while they're here as well. So, and of course, the ice rink is right around the corner. I, and ice rink is upstairs. Ice rink. Now, no, I was yeah. supposed to have a race this year with somebody, but uh, she's out. <laughs> And, uh, we can get yeah, a substitute. Uh, yeah, we, we, we went around the, well, a couple of times. I like, go, oh, you're going to need at least two years of training. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yes, uh, two things on that. So the ice rink which, uh, is, is open usually uh, right around Thanksgiving, no, right? November 18th, yeah, and we're November open to the 18th. public. We, uh, we have some events prior to with the Vegas Golden Knights and right. some uh, uh, events with our, uh, our employees. But mm-hmm. uh, 18th, it's open to the public. Very excited, and uh, we've got a nice slate of stuff. Again, we're going to have no more than 250 people up there. No more than 60 on the ice at any given time, and uh, you'll have to wear your masks, uh, except for when you're eating and drinking. But it's uh, great fire circles and just a really nice community event that we wanted to make sure we still had here in Las Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now, so people are clear. When they heard you say that, you know, there's there's a band in the barber 
barbershop. We yes. have to explain to people. Now, the barbershop went up last year. Yes. And it's a fantastic place. It is legitimately a barbershop. Yes. But then when you go through the doors. Speakeasy, yes. It's a speakeasy. It's a phenomenal uh, place to hang out. Uh, great venue. To, to eat and drink and enjoy some great live entertainment. It, it is, is literally a barbershop. It is a barbershop. The barbers <laughs> work very hard in there all the way till midnight. And, yeah. uh, um, you know, with the social distancing, we've, we've separated things out to make sure people feel safe in there. Typically, it's very crowded in there. Yeah. We've got that, that bar that was from Kentucky in, nine, in 1850 that, that's right. built, and it's really rustic and all the, 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 the great bands that's set up up there. Uh, the acoustics are fantastic in there. Uh, Usually there's a dance floor going, but now it's it's a little more subdued, but it's still a lot of fun. So we get our groups of people to have a nice time in there. Yeah, we had to get ballpark in there because a lot of good classic rock bands come through there. Oh, yeah. yeah that's right. Rock and roll. <laughs> we do like our rock and roll. Rock and roll and barber. Well, I mean, what could be more appropriate than a barber shop for hair bands to play? Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> there it is. All right, guys. Uh, the marquee game we talked about, yeah. and I put it on my best bets, is, is the Clemson-Notre Dame game. Let's, let's get some feedback and some talk about that. Uh, you guys heard what I had to say uh, about that game, but I just think this is a great spot you know, for Clemson. I know Notre Dame is, is getting some love, but we seem to go through this every year with the Irish. Uh, a lot of people get fooled. You know, you got Ian Book, and again, he's, he's a great quarterback, but uh, there's still some question marks that I see uh, with Notre Dame. And uh, we know that Trevor Lawrence isn't playing, but, uh, you know, Travis Etienne is, and he's one of the best running backs in the country. Yeah, the problem with Notre Dame is your eyes get deceived when they beat, you know, USF by 52 to nothing, and then they wallop Pittsburgh. But, you know, they, they didn't look all that great. They looked okay against Georgia Tech. They didn't look great against uh, Louisville, Louisville at all. 12 to 7. <laughs> uh, Florida State moved the ball, and they haven't moved the ball on anybody. Uh, and even against Duke, the game was a lot more competitive. So I'm not so sure what you got there. That's not a great slate of teams to, to play against so far. Uh, Clemson is the class of college football, and they have been. They're above Alabama when it comes to it, and they're consistently there. Uh, Clemson in the last four weeks have allowed less than 60 snaps in all four games. They control the ball. They don't turn the ball over. Um, and they've allowed 210 yards, 205, 325. Last week, even when BC was ahead, remember, that was a 97-yard return for a touchdown right. on that fumble. That game could have been totally flipped, a 14-point turnaround when ETM uh, fumbled going in. Uh, and then they kicked a 50-yard field goal, Clemson, or BC, in that game as well. But they got out game 448 to 275. That, that wasn't even a ball game. Mm -hmm. you know. And Clemson gutted it out. Mm -hmm. They know how to win games. Seven points does sound relatively cheap. Now, if it was a freshman quarterback and who knows who else is out uh, in a stadium that's full of lunatic Irish fans right. that's a whole different ball game yes. but there isn't there's no crowd and so uh, it does seem relatively light to me yeah. uh, now Notre Dame's defense has played very well against the teams they've been up against like Louisville 44 snaps, 233 yards. Uh, Pittsburgh, 53 snaps, 162 yards. Last week, they only allowed 238 to Georgia Tech, so their defense is playing well. But who are they playing against? Exactly. Is, is the a little different. It's a little different. You're, you're stepping up against the elite team in college football. Uh, you mentioned that they are 4-40 since 1994. 94. Great stat, by the way, mm -hmm. 1994. Um, I, who was the coach back then? 94? Uh, see, it wasn't Lou Holtz. So who was it? Uh, I go back and look at that. I'm one. gonna go with yeah. Lou Holtz as a guess. Yeah, why not? As, as a guess yeah, why not? Let's go with Lou Holtz. But I, I, you know, they, 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 they've, they've been a pretender for a long time. Yeah. Is basically what you're saying. Yes. And uh, I, I don't think they're ready to step up now. Well, and when you talk about that game too, one of the things that uh, I find interesting, you mentioned the fact that Notre Dame's getting some love. 
I'm not sure that it's Notre Dame love necessarily or because everybody saw Clemson. We know how the general public tends to remember what they saw last week. They saw them get that scare. I think Clemson's going to be better. The young quarterback, I think, will be better with a game under his belt. He's going to have a better feel for the game. And we thought the defense, or at least I thought Clemson's defense was going to come out and play a great game last week. It didn't start out that way. I have a feeling that they're going to play a little bit harder. They know how big this game is. I don't want to say they were looking past BC because you can't when you're having a backup quarterback there. But they should be ready for this game here. I'm sure that the coaching staff is reminding them, look, you almost lost to BZ. You've got to be ready to play every game. I think it's going to be a much better effort for Clemson on the offensive and the defensive side. And you mentioned how small this number is. It, to me, that's totally the sports folks looking and going, people remember what they saw last. Yep. Clemson's not as bad as they were last week. Notre Dame, probably not as good as their record. Yeah, and, and don't forget what Clemson did to Miami. Spanked. I mean, they just embarrassed Miami. Yeah. That yeah. that game was yeah. 42 to 17. Yeah. It was more like 80 to nothing. Right. I mean, it was, it was a whipping. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Clemson's... They, mm -hmm. if, if Trevor Lawrence is in here, what would the number be? What would you make the number? A little bit more. Trevor Lawrence is probably worth about four points on the road, I'm thinking. Yeah. So I, I would look at that. So you go to double digits. Yeah, or close to double digits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like, we're looking at you know, you know, a five-and-a-half point, six-point line right now. So there you go. This is a team that yes. hasn't lost a regular season game it, forever. It is, it is official. We were right. Lou Holtz, 1994 oh. head coach. Oh, lucky guess. All over it. There it is. <laughs> All right, NFL, real quick. Uh, Seattle and Buffalo. Seattle making that long trip. You guys t touched about it a little bit earlier, but Seattle 6-1, and one, Buffalo 6-2. and two. Not sure exactly how good Buffalo is. I, I see some holes here. But Seattle's one of those teams on defense that continues to, to bend but doesn't break, and they give up tons of yardage. And uh, we know that Seattle has usually been a rock-solid road team here. Uh, this is going to be interesting. You know, cold weather in Buffalo, see what happens here. And I want to see how Josh Allen plays against the Seattle defense. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. I, I just think Seattle's a better team right now. I think they're playing better. I think they're more consistent right now. Buffalo seems to be faltering a little bit on the defensive side, and Allen has been a little bit inconsistent. He started out lighting the world on fire, but now they've got more video on him. They're, they're, it seems like they've made some adjustments. Now can Buffalo make those adjustments back the better way? Mm. Maybe the best thing that Buffalo has going for him is maybe the weather will stop that Seattle offense a little bit because we know that Russell Wilson loves to stretch the field. But if he gets a one-on-one -on -one situation, he's going to throw it long. And I don't know the last time that I've seen a quarterback throw a better deep ball. He just drops it in the basket constantly. Mahomes is good at it. There's other guys as well, but I think Wilson's the best at it. And DK Metcalf is just phenomenal. And what a breakout year that he's having. And uh, the, the Seahawks are, are, are solid. But, again, a lot of people, uh, they look at that 6-1 and one record with Seattle, and they go, you know, this they don't have the marquee stars. They're really not that deep at all these positions, but they continue to win. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. They may make the trek, you know, 3,000-plus miles to see how they do. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much you win by, although here you've got to win by three um, when, when it comes <laughs> to the point spread. But, you know, they're winning games. Hmm. They're winning games, and they're competitive. They've got a leader at the, at the quarterback position, an established veteran leader who knows how to distribute the balls and knows to calm that team down whenever it goes. Hmm. Now, Buffalo, they're a good football team. Jake Allen's a good quarterback, but it looks like he may have – you know, started off on fire, and as Frank pointed out, uh, people kind of maybe got a little more dial on right. him. He doesn't have as many weapons hmm. when it comes down to it, and, and that's maybe where Seattle's got a, a little little better there. Uh, last week you said go Buffalo, hmm. uh, but this week I think maybe Seattle is the right place to be. All right, All right. there we go. Uh, we talked about last week how laying points with the Chiefs against the Jets, no problem, 19 and a half, they covered it right. 
Yeah. Does anybody want to lay ten and a half with the Chiefs this week against Carolina? Well, I don't know how you play Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I really don't. I, don't, I think they, they're McCaffrey is supposed to be back, so that well, helps he, a little bit. That does help. I mean, he's, yeah. he's and if, Bridgewater's if it, been okay. If you're a fantasy football guy, you've been cringing over yeah, him being out, right. but uh, they're just not that great a football team. And and the Chiefs seem to when they when they when they're on, they're they're just frightening. And Mahomes just plays with joy. Yeah. It's just it's a fun team to watch, and uh, I I think that it'll be. Shorts. I think they'll win almost as much as they did last week. Did Cat with a K give you that tidbit about the fantasy football? Uh, no, you know what? She, I, I haven't talked to Cat with a K. Uh, <laughs> she, she told me she had a guy named Boston. You know, when the Eagles won or, or whoever that was, she, she picked him up and he scored. Oh yeah, the, Boston, the, big, the running back. Yeah. yeah, the running back. She, yeah. That was the pickup of the year so far. So well, that's <laughs> a way to go there. But uh, yeah, these 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 fantasy guys because it's him and the other guy from uh, the Giants that were supposed to be the big fantasy guys and they're both out. That's it. Saquon Barkley. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned McCaffrey coming back, and I think that. That might help them a little bit, but I'm still wondering how is the ankle 100%? He's right. missed six weeks of the season. You know, sometimes an injury like that might take a game or two to get back up to speed. He hasn't played in a game situation. Uh, Kansas City, probably not the team that you want to play your first game back against somebody, although they're certainly more known for their offense than their defense. But Kansas City right now just to me looks like the best team in the NFL, right. uh, period. Uh, there's some other teams that you can put up there. There's a short list, but they're one of the best out there. I, I wouldn't want to trust Carolina in this situation. So although I'm not crazy about double digits, I wouldn't be on this game. But if you had, if I had to pick a side, I would lay it because mm. I think Kansas is the best bet. And I know a guy told me many years ago, a handicapper, because uh, we know several professional handicappers, obviously, if you don't think a team has a chance to win the game, you don't bet them regardless right. of what the points are. I'm not saying Carolina has no chance to win this game, but I think it's a pretty slim chance. I think Kansas City is a better side. I don't want to say they can name the score in this one, but they can win by two touchdowns. Right. The team with the best record, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 7-0. and They're laying 14 at Dallas. This is a mess in Dallas. Oh, now goodness. going to your fourth string quarterback this week. It's it's unbelievable. But do you want to lay 14 with Pittsburgh on the road? Uh, I, I'm not going to do it. I, yeah. I mean, it, to me, it was it was just a cross off. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh is so good defensively. But you know what? That was an exhausting game they played against the Ravens. That yeah. what a yeah. what a tight game in the week before against Tennessee. Could have Tennessee. a little bit of a letdown too. The, I mean, they played Tennessee yeah. exactly. The Tennessee, and then they play uh, Baltimore, and now they got to play go to play Dallas where they're supposed to win. This is a good spot if you're a gambler to take the uh, 14 and maybe wait to get 14 and a half. Points. But how can you back Dallas with? With that, with that lineup, especially that quarterback. Well, they're they're NFL quality players, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I did the logic with the Giants last week. I you know, the Giants actually looked pretty good against Philly till they gave the game away. Remember, and did, then they looked good last week, and yeah. then they of course lost, but they covered. Right, they did. And yeah. Danucci went to James Madison, by the way. Is that an NFL player? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> the Dukes, right? Is that there, James there Madison? You go, Dukes? There you go. Yeah. 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 Extra points if you can name their colors. Uh, no. Yeah. I'm going to go maybe uh, purple. Very good. Oh, there yeah, you go. I'm, so done. You're, you're I'm done. I'm done. He's going to stop right I'm now. Done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Chris Beard would be very happy with you right now. <laughs> yeah, I certainly wouldn't want to lay 14 in an NFL game. Pittsburgh, they, they are undefeated, but like Brian mentioned, they, they could have easily. Tennessee kicks that field goal. All of a sudden, that game goes overtime. Yeah. Last week, they came back. I still think that Stanley's injury, some other things, were one of the reasons that they came back in that one. But I don't know how you possibly back the Cowboys in it either. So Pittsburgh should win this game, but are they going to be motivated? Maybe the worst thing for the Cowboys would be that Pittsburgh might have a chip on their shoulder because they just got fined for some mask violations yeah. from the NFL on that. So they might want to go out there and say, you know what? 
you know here's a middle finger for the NFL let's go out and beat up on another team no matter how far down they are so but Pittsburgh's a better team but 14 I don't know if they're going to be motivated okay. enough to cover it the most intriguing game on the card guys the Saints and the Buccaneers and you got Tom Brady you got Drew Brees you look at the Saints team they're 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 winning but a lot of people are saying how they've got the Michael Thomas situation uh, he, he was there for the first week then he's gone and then he hasn't come back and then he was you know put out for disciplinary reasons and then we heard that he's injured and Breeze needs him Breeze has not looked good where Brady has looked uh, good and Brady is getting better and better and this Bucks team is looking better and better uh, we'll see what happens here but uh, this is the second time around Saints won the first time if the Saints can get this victory here in a sweep that's going to be a huge advantage for the uh, the NFC South, but uh, who do we like here? Like the Saints or the Bucks? Well, like you mentioned, um, yeah, the, the Saints have been winning games, but I'm not sold on how good they've been winning them. They almost lost the game to Chicago, and I can't get that Raider game out of my head right. when they played that game here because we watch that every snap, and we've seen the replay of it and stuff like that. I do think right now Tampa Bay is starting to play better, and also with uh, Brown coming in there for this game, I think they're going to try to make a point to emphasize and use him a little bit. I think they know that they lost that first game. They certainly don't want to lose both games to him. I just think Tampa Bay is the team trending a little bit better right now, so I would take the Bucks on this one. Yeah, I, th I think that Monday night game is a better game, that marquee game on Monday. I mean, New England and, uh, and the New York Jets. Uh, <laughs> what, a, what a matchup for Monday night. But, no, this is a great way to, to finish your Sunday. Um, the Saints seem to, 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 to me, be the uh, – they, they, they own the Buccaneers. Hmm. And they, they're, they're the class of that, that, that area. And I, I just think that uh, Drew Brees gets it done. And it's a – to me, five and a half points seems absurd. To me, the game's more like a pick em. So uh, – uh, the Saints find a way to win, and they find a way to get things done. Getting some of their, their premier uh, receiver back is, is a big mm. deal. And uh, I'm going to go with the Saints. I don't really like the Saints, mm. but I'm going to go with them here. All right. All right. Looking forward to that Sunday night football. Uh, both teams are 5-2. and two. All right, guys. Uh, good luck on, on the picks. And, again, if you miss any part of this show, go to the Best Bets. Check out the interviews. Check out the blogs. It's always up there at tcmartinshow.com. And, of course, when you're, you're out of town, you can stream the show live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific time. We are here at the Cosmopolitan each and every Friday. So, Ballpark Frank, Double B, uh, great stuff as always, guys. Have yourself a great weekend, and uh, thanks for the hospitality as well. You got it. You All too. Right. Enjoy right. your weekend. All right. And uh, Ballpark and I are going to be at Allegiant Stadium tomorrow checking out UNLV Fresno State. Yeah, enjoy that. Yeah. I'm going to be in a book betting on horses. There you go. Exactly. All right, guys. Enjoy. Have yourself a good one. Again, go to the website. You miss anything at tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a great weekend, and we'll catch you Monday at 2.